Welcome to the First 90 Days podcast, bringing you the real story of how to go from idea to business in just 90 days. This podcast is focused on the journey of building startup Upski, a website performance monitoring tool. I'm your host, Lauren Davis, founder of The Growth Academy. And I'm Mark Berman, co-founder of What What Ventures and founder and head of product of the startup Upski. So today is day 35 of the first 90 days titled How to Maximize Your Content. This week has been all about content and whether you need it for your business, what type you should create for your business, and how to make sure that if you are actually creating content in whatever format you decide, blog, video, podcast, how to take topics that your customers are actually going to love and want to share proactively out to their networks to maximize it for you. Today, we're actually talking about maximizing uh, and the actions that you can take yourself to make sure that each piece is reaching the most number of people that it can and that you're bringing in the most number of customers to your business that you can from each. Essentially, making sure you get the best return on investment for the time and effort you're putting into your content creation. So... Mark, as I just mentioned, we're talking all about content maximization today and essentially making sure that the time and effort you put into creation, reaching people that actually want to read it and that are relevant and going to convert into customers for your business. So with all the noise out there and there being so much content created, it's it's not enough to just post it. It's almost like the website. If you build it, they will come. That's not true. If you write it, they won't come either. So you really do need to focus on maximization and have a strategy in place for that. So maybe just to quickly recap on some of the conversations we've been having around Upski in the last week, particularly around content. I think where we landed is Given the nature of Upski and how we want to scale it, content is going to be a tool that we'll use to start with to generate leads and make sure that the website and tool is discoverable. So get us ranking for some of the keywords our customers are going to be using to search for us, but ultimately scale it down and let the tool speak for itself. Would that be right? Totally. Yeah. With that in mind, uh, let's just focus on those couple of core pieces of content that we'll create in the coming weeks as we're launching Upski to the world and really getting our customers to love us and building that initial base of advocates and talk about how we're going to maximize that. Sounds good. And, and maybe, I don't know for, uh, you know, for people who haven't done this before or just, just to kind of level set, how do you describe content maximization to say a newbie? Content maximization, some people call it content amplification. I don't think it matters. Essentially, this is how can you use other marketing tactics to push your content out there to reach the most number of relevant people that you can. So, I mean, to put this in perspective, there is so much content out there. It's very, very hard to differentiate. And It's no longer enough to just write a blog post and put it on your Facebook page and hope people are going to see it. I mean, stuff that you just post onto your page now is reaching less than 6% of people following your page. So you can't fall back on that. Not not if you want to have a good return, at least on your content. And I just read a study that said 50% of blog posts are receiving less than eight shares in total. 75% are getting no links back to it from any other websites. So essentially, this content is is being created and there's all this time and money being spent on it, but it's just standing alone by itself, not linked to anything and 
just falling, falling behind and back into the distance and not having any impact. So maximizing it is making sure that your content appears and is engaged, engaging for the people that you want to reach. Cool. That makes sense. So just bringing this back to Upski, perhaps we can just talk about some ideas for how we might amplify those initial pieces we were talking about. And some of the ideas were linking back to the entrepreneur persona, thinking about describing what is website monitoring, potentially some content that talks about why it's important for your business and leveraging things like case studies to illustrate how businesses that are monitoring their website proactively are really benefiting from it. And that's probably, a, I mean, that's probably a good way, I guess, you know, for, um, you know, just for others, as they think about their businesses, there's probably creative ways to kind of, you know, maybe some more, you know, pay someone to actually, I don't know, write something, write a review or you know, something like two very different approaches, but both help in uh, trying to maximize driving eyeballs to to a website. Definitely. And a lot of people think when they think of content maximization, think that you need to be putting budget behind it. And obviously this does help, but I agree with what you're saying. There are, there are free tactics as well that you can definitely take advantage of if you're just starting out and want to test. So, I mean, three of the things I had in mind for Upski specifically, I'll just share with you now and get your thoughts. So the first is how can we leverage PR? So in the various countries that we think will have the best response to Upski, so we've been talking about the States, South Africa, Australia, potentially in the UK, how can we get in touch with the key media contacts there and key influences uh, with a story that is interesting and has enough stats and quotes and testimonials, as you mentioned, to warrant being blasted out to their large network as a, as a press release, you know? And from my experience, the best way to do this, some people will write a short pitch and email this to everyone. The best traction I've ever seen is when you write a full press release or article on their behalf and align it to some of the other content that they've been posting out there because the, the easier you make it for the journalist to post on your behalf, the better. And so I almost, I like following the process of if you're going to write a blog article, write it, send it to in your entire list of media contacts wait two or three days. If someone comes back to you and wants to post it, amazing. They can post it first and then you put it on your blog. If no one comes back to you in three days, then you put it on your blog anyway and then can maximize this yourself to your networks. So journalists like to have the exclusive scoop. So it's always good to send it out to them first rather than saying, you know, this is something I've created that's already out there. Love it. Yeah. So then the second way is let's say that PR does or doesn't work, but you've just posted this onto your own page. How do you then reach the right people and, and get them to come to your site to read it and engage with it and share it? And so my preferred method for this is using Facebook ads. And we'll get into talking about Facebook ads more specifically, but a few reasons is it's got the lowest cost for traffic, uh, a lot lower than if you're using say, Google ads to blast out your blog or paying to feature it, you know, in emails to networks or things like that. So just create a really simple Facebook ad with a link to your blog posted by your Facebook page and you'll almost get a, a double whammy from it because people will like your page if they like your content. So you're getting the one hit there, but they'll also click through to your blog, read it, hopefully leave their contact details 
either by downloading something else you offer or by signing up to your product through a pop-up, just using Facebook really strategically. And the other reason I like it is you can get really, really specific on your Facebook targeting. So for our entrepreneur, for example, we can get down to, you know, we want to reach people in South Africa, in Cape Town, who currently own a business, who currently run a Facebook page, and whose turnover is X, if you wanted, if that was the exact targeting. So Facebook allows you to get really, really granular, which is good when you're starting out and have limited budgets to work with. Makes sense. So then the third way, which I think will be interesting to test, is there are a number of different tools out there that do your content distribution for you. So potentially we'll talk about tools in a second, but what it does is you just post your URLs as you create them of your blog. You just post it into these different tools and they'll push it out for you. So a free one that I quite like is Zest. Every time I write a blog, I post the URL onto Zest and if it meets their criteria, then they will post it out for you. And you can get some good traffic. The quality often isn't amazing because it's not strictly targeted, but if you just want some extra eyeballs, then it's worth a try. Or you can use something a little bit more technical like Outbrain, where you can, Outbrain has different placements on news websites, for example. So your blog post will appear within other editorial posts and customers can engage with it that way when they're already in the mindset of consuming that type of information. And again, it will drive them back to your website. Very cool. These are my three ideas. Are you, I mean, are you happy to test all of them? Did you have anything else in mind that you wanted to try? I think one of the things, I don't know, maybe we have or haven't talked about, but I think the idea of experimentation and the kind of AD, AB test scenario, I think that's, you know, that's definitely a mindset that we try to, um, you know, we try to use at what, what. So we're all for, you know, trying whatever, um, but not necessarily having a crazy commitment to anything, try it, see if it works. Of course, it takes time and whatnot to to do these things. So it's it's not about doing 50 things, but it's kind of picking, you know, one, two, three, or four of the mainstream tools or whatever. Uh, and these things are always changing. So there's always new ones coming out and really just giving it a go, you know, seeing how things go over a month, maybe after one or two weeks, kind of tweaking things and uh, and just seeing which has the biggest bang for the buck, depending on the nature of the business, the content, um, and, and, and so on. Cool. No, I really like that approach. And I think you can do a lot with a little with content as well. So it is having a full content strategy that you invest in over time is obviously a large commitment. But when you're just starting out, you know, they call it clickbait. I'm a big fan of these short lists. So five top tips for having an amazing website. We'll come up with a better title, but <laughs> those types of posts that I'm sure you've seen. But essentially, if you have your five tips, you don't need a huge amount of written content underneath that. And if you're speaking to someone who's quite knowledgeable or been in the space for a while, then it's easy to draw those tips out um, very quickly. And if you're speaking to someone knowledgeable who's willing to put their name and brand against it, then you've got that credibility built into it. So I really like that idea. Um, go for a slightly shorter form and test two or three things at a time before you decide which to invest in properly. Totally agree. Awesome. So, I mean, I spoke just really briefly about Outbrain, which is one of the tools I really like. There's another one I just wanted to talk about quickly, which is called BuzzSumo. I'm not sure if you're aware of it, but essentially 
what you can do with BuzzSumo is you log on and um, you can access a fair amount of their content free and you plug in your industry and some of your competitors potentially or some keywords and it will show you the top pieces of content by number of shares across different social platforms. So for example, I could type in, I want to see website monitoring and it would show me in the last, say, six months, these are the top three blog posts and they've been shared 5,000 times on Facebook and 3,000 times on Twitter and et cetera, et cetera. And while you obviously don't want to just copy that content because people have seen it and it's nothing different, it can really help you get a feel for what's working and what's not. And I guess give you, give you some food for thought when you're going into your brainstorming exercise and trying to come up with ideas for yourself. That's really cool. Amazing. So I think like I'll post the link to this, but my next step for us uh, and for Upski is to essentially use that tool and, and come up with our list of potential pieces of content. And then we can come back together and decide which, which two or three to start with and, and get it going. Sounds great, Lauren. And uh, thankfully we have someone like you in our team. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Mark. Um, cool. Well, we'll wrap up there. So for our listeners, thanks for listening um, and to you, Mark. Thanks for jumping on and recording the first 90 days podcast with me. You can access, not you, but our listeners can access the audio anytime through the Growth Academy blog and also the links to some of the tools we mentioned during the case course of the week and this podcast specifically all through the blog there. So tune in next week where we'll be talking about lead generation. So taking the next step from what type of content to create and talking about how to use it to create lists of leads, how to use this to fuel your business and ultimately then convert those leads into paying customers. So as always, think big, start small and act fast. Thank you.